Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's a Monster Monday presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's number one rated sportsbook, which again has a ridiculous offer. For the NCAA tournament, I will get into that more a little bit later. It's a new week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, which means we'll have a new Spread the Word winner via social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. We'll have a new sponsor confirmation email winner. Check out all of our awesome sponsors over at RossTucker.com. We will have a YouTube shout-out, YouTube.com. Slash Ross Tucker NFL. Just subscribe and comment. If you do, you will be eligible for a cameo style shout out. Love the new patrons, Dev Mukherjee. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right at all or not, Dev. Looks like he's from Canada. Dev Mukherjee. We'll take it. We'll also take today's guest on the big show, Ryan Fitzpatrick from the Washington football team. It's big show time. Show. All right, so we got to start with this. All right, Ryan and I are recording right now at 6.30 a.m. Eastern time. And this was Ryan's request because you've got daddy duty with school drop-off this morning. So just give me – I know you have seven kids, dude. What? Give me the daddy duty school drop-off breakdown. How many do you have this morning? Well, it gets uh, Monday's tough because there's band practice too. You know, uh, they got to go to school before for band. But I'll uh, we've got the get them there by seven forty, or they're closing the gates and they're late, and you've got to do the walk chain out of the car um, <laughs> and with the late slips. And then I come back home, and then we've got the nine a.m. preschool, and after that we'll have the middle school kids in the car and we'll whip around and we'll get there by about 9 15 to middle school and then we're we're home and my two-year-old is sitting in the van by himself like okay where did everybody go but uh then everything picks up again at 12 uh for the pickup routine which is uh, crazy in itself that is you love it though i mean you're loving every second of it it's the best. And I, you know, when I was in Miami this past year with COVID and protocols and 
I missed all of it. And so I could only imagine every single day, uh, you know, my wife, like, where is this guy? I need a little bit of help, you know, uh, but I, I'm doing as much as I can right now. And it's absolutely incredible to be sitting in car line. Uh, it's definitely a fun thing to do as a dad. <laughs> that is awesome. So I know last week uh, you talked with the Washington media and you said you had several different suitors. You picked the Washington football team. Why? What? Why, why Washington football team over the other ones? Well, I mean, you know, everybody has all the things they want to paint and make it beautiful. Uh, I mean, money is always a factor. I mean, it, it's always, you know, I, I think for me at this point in my career, that part of it is more a respect thing. Uh, just in terms of sizing yourself up versus other guys around the league and what they're getting. Um, I was really excited about Coach Rivera. I, I think I've heard so many great things about him and just getting a chance to sit down with him when I was out there the other day and talk. Uh, you can you can tell early on that he's going to command the room, that he's got the respect of the team and all his peers, and uh, that was exciting for me. And then opportunity to play. I mean, I wanted the uh, goal number one for me was to find a place where I would have an opportunity to go out there and, and compete and play. And this is a team that fit that. And it also fit the fact that, you know, they're in the playoffs last year at, at seven and nine, but they are a young team. Uh, the team I just came from was very young. And I feel like I had a, a big part in kind of bringing them along. And I'm really excited to try to do the same thing here for Washington. So between Washington adding William Jackson and Curtis Samuel and what I believe is a big upgrade at quarterback in you, I, I think you guys are now the favorites in the NFC East. How would you react to that? Well, it's a, it's a new division for me. So I've got to kind of figure that out. You know, I've, I've been in the AFC East a ton. Uh, I haven't spent a whole lot of time time in the NFC, other than Bucks and Rams, I believe. Uh, so it, you know, it's something I'm going to have to get a feel for. But I know there's a lot of excitement in the building, and it's a it's a very young team. There's a ton of energy, so I'm looking forward to getting to work with the guys. Do you know where you would have gone if you didn't go to Washington? <laughs> Uh, it, there were, there were a couple other places. Um, but I usually try to not go somewhere where I've gone before. So the, you know, those possibilities are, are dwindling now as I've, as I've entered my ninth team, but, uh, I usually try to stay away from the repeats. Why do you say that? Just something new, new adventure, new journey, uh, you know, new place and, so one of my one of my mentors for sure was uh, Gus Barat, the guy that we were in St. Louis together way back in the day, 2006. And I think he repeated once in his 15 year career with his seven or eight teams. Uh, but I just I don't know. It's something I've always wanted to stay away from. So it feels to me now you've had some really good moments in Buffalo, really good moments with the New York Jets. But on some level, it felt like over the last couple of years that you're playing as you had good moments with the Bucks as well. But it feels like you're playing 
arguably the best football of your career. Do you think that's fair? I do. I do, Ross. And I like part of it for me is just an understanding of who I am as a quarterback, uh, being able as an older guy to voice that, to have my voice heard in meetings, to, you know, get stuff the way I want it to be done. Uh, all, all that stuff is really important as a quarterback. And as you get older, it's a little bit easier, you know, for me <clears throat> and switching teams every other year, basically, then it's a new team. It's a new coordinator, sometimes going in as a starter, sometimes going in as a backup. Some of that stuff is difficult. And the last two years, uh, I just found a spot where I felt really comfortable to do that, to voice, you know, the things I'm comfortable with. And they were very receptive in allowing me to do some of that. And I just, the, the mental aspect of it for me has gotten better and better. And I've been able to apply lessons along the road from different people that I've worked with and, and, you know, played for that uh, have really helped me. And that physically at 38, I feel great. Um, you know, I've never been the, the wow guy uh, athletically, but I, I have enough to get by. And uh, yeah, the, the mental aspect for me has been huge the last few years. You know, I know you don't really listen or watch much of it. I guess the thing that bothers me in general about NFL players, but in particular about how people evaluate you is there are some people that they've put you in the box of journeyman, inconsistent, and they're not going to let you out of that box no matter how well you played the last couple of years. Do you, does that frustrate you? Do you sense that? Do people tell you about that? It's almost like they can't. I had on the Even Money podcast, uh, Steve Fezzik, he had you uh, as the 14th best quarterback in the NFL. He said, do people realize how good he is? But it's almost like people have already made up their minds over the first 15 years of your career or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's if you look at if you look at my career, you know, for me, it's almost like the tale of two careers and uh you know, I took me a while to kind of find my footing and I got my first chance really in Buffalo and really learned a ton about myself and playing the position through the experience of playing there. But when I got to Houston in 2014 with Bill O'Brien and George Godsey, that was kind of the, the rebirth or the beginning of the second half of my career where they just they just showed me a different way to think about the game. And I was able to apply all that experience that I had in Buffalo uh, with some of these new uh, ways to think about football. And from 2014 on, I feel like I've been a much different quarterback than I was before that. And, uh, you know, I, I think statistically it probably shows that. But people have their minds made up, which is fine. I know it frustrates the hell out of my dad because he talks to me about it all the time. That's usually where I get a lot of my news. But uh you know, I just I, I like going in, meet new guys, and doing whatever I can to to help the team. So the other thing, Ryan, that's really been noticeable over the last few years is is your personality, and uh, you know the the post game attire and stuff like that. So the question is, um, are you just now letting people see your personality? Is this how you've always been? going back to the Harvard days or has your personality changed in recent years? 
No, I, I mean, I think people have just seen more of it. And um, the the Deshaun Jackson post-game attire, that kind of took it to a, a new level where people just kind of got to see a little bit more of, you know, who I am and the, the fun with the teammates and, and all that. But I think as you get older in the league, it's a little bit easier to be yourself. Whereas, you know, when you're younger in the league, uh, you know, seventh round draft pick coming in, I'm just trying to do, you know, everything and, and you know, not cause a, a stir, not bring any extra attention to myself. And uh, as you get older, you can just be a little freer, even on the field, just play a little freer, be a little bit more of yourself. And I think that's kind of what has happened with me in my career. So, uh, the other thing is, in terms of the personality, it, which, by the way, it's been it's been fun, you know, because I think uh, it's kind of a running joke. I'm sure your dad's told you that the fact that you went to Harvard. And I don't know why, like, there's other Ivy League guys, but it's like every announcer, every game has to say it five times. I mean, you know, Jay Fiedler went to Dartmouth or whatever. Uh, so I want to ask on the record. Are you aware that you went to Harvard, that Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> went to Harvard? Yeah, yeah, I got it. And, and you know, you would think after, you know, going into my 17th year that it would die down a little bit. Uh, but it's, it's still kind of the first thing that everybody wants to say and bring up. And, I mean, I've been staring at that Princeton helmet in the background, just not real happy right now. Uh, I, <laughs> I agreed to come on this. So – but why do you think it is that – I mean, there have been other Ivy League guys. So why do you think it is that they make such a big deal about the fact that you went to Harvard? Well, I mean, I'm the – I was the first Harvard quarterback to ever throw a pass in the NFL. So I, I think it's – I think it's an unlikely story, um, you know, and it's one – everybody makes makes light of it, and, and I do think it's funny the amount of times it's brought up. But it's also something when I speak to – uh, younger kids and I'll go for, you know, coaching basketball team or, you know, speaking at a school or something. Um, I like to talk about it. Not the fact that I went to Harvard, but the fact that when I was in high school, I didn't really get recruited, but because I took care of everything in the classroom, it just allowed all those doors to remain open for me to play football in college, which led me to obviously making it to the NFL. But it's an important part of my story and one that I like talking to kids about, not because I went to Harvard, but because the academic side of it and, you know, actually really putting a lot of your attention and, and focus into school is, is very important. And it led me to playing in the NFL, which is kind of a backwards way to look at it. All right. So I didn't know this. I thought I knew a lot about you. I didn't know this till I was doing a little bit of research. Did you really propose to your wife at a McDonald's next to a gas station or something? Is that is that a fact? Well, it was it was a classy McDonald's because it was a McDonald's slash gas station, and it was in uh, it was in Earth City, Missouri. The practice facility for the Rams was there. It was right across the street. It's a very long story, but the the quickest I can tell it is, I bought her a ring. We had a joint bank account. We went to the Gap to get a coat, winter coat. She thought they double charged her. She said, we're going to go home. This was before you could do everything on your phone. When we get home, I'm going to check the laptop. We got to see if I got double charged. So I had to find a way from the gap to my house. 
to propose to her. I said, hey, you want to go to this steakhouse? You want to go sit by the lake? No, it's November. It's cold. Let's go to McDonald's. Okay. So we sat at McDonald's. I was looking her in the eye. She's doing the sweet and sour sauce everywhere, <laughs> licking her fingers. So the, the ring slid right on. It was wonderful. That is unreal. What, what, what was her reaction? Now, it's a funny story for everybody else to hear, but if you know my wife, it's perfect. I mean, there's there's not a more perfect place uh, to be engaged, and I think that's probably why we fit so well, because she thinks that it was romantic. So um, I think I found the right one. Okay, well, you definitely found the right one, but wait, she thinks that was romantic? Oh, yeah. I mean... Think about it. If you've got a 10-piece chicken McNugget in front of you with the, the extra-large you know, Coke and, you know, the chance at maybe McFlurry afterwards, I mean, there's not a whole lot better you could do with a meal there. Dude, that, that, that right there was a good ad read, man. That was like, I mean, I see, that's <laughs> stuff you should do and you get McDonald's to pay you for. And I know, I know you're in it now, man, and trust me, I was there. Do you have any idea? what you want to do when you're done? I don't, uh, you know, it's something that keeps, I keep having to think about a little bit more each off season, but um, I just, and what I try to impress upon young guys too, which is a different message from other people is while you're in it, <clears throat> make sure you're doing everything you can to stay in it, you know, make, make sure you, and that doesn't mean they can't have other interests and, and things, but, uh, when football is your job, do the best you can to continue to make football the number one priority. And I get pulled in a lot of different directions right now with all the kids and everything else. And, and so when I make the time for family versus when I make the time for football, I try to be fully invested in it. So I, I'm not sure yet, and I think I'll have time to figure it out. How much longer do you think you'll keep playing and what – sort of will be the factors that determine whether or not you keep going? For me at this point in my career, I think the determining factor is going to be, uh, does somebody want me out there playing? And, you know, I think uh, I was very fortunate the last few years to get an opportunity to be out there to play, uh, to showcase what I can still do and to have, you know, other suitors around the league. So, when I the reason I play right now is because I love playing football. It's not because I love watching football. And so, um, as long as I continue to be able to play at a high level and have a team that wants me uh, out there on the field, I'll continue to play. Because physically, um, you know, I've been very lucky in my career and and still feel great. So I gotta tell you though, about twice a year, you'll get to the goal line. And you'll like spear some dude, or you'll put your head down to score a touchdown. And look, you know me, I'm a meathead, Ivy League meathead, but even I'm like, dude, Ryan, what are you doing? Like, are you an idiot? Like, you what does your wife say? What does your dad say? You've made a lot of money. You got seven kids. I mean, you'll you'll like try to run some guy over, and then your eyes will roll in the back of your head. And I'm like, God, he must be the dumbest Harvard guy. I've, what is he doing? <laughs> I mean, my wife would say, "Get up!" What is it? Get up! Come on! I mean, she'll give she'll give me a hard time on some of that stuff. She's more, you know, when I get sacked, she's not the wife that, that cringes and hoping hopes that I get up. She's pissed that I didn't get out of it and make a play. So, um, 
it's just part of me. It always has been. It's part of the way I play football. And, you know, usually stuff like that uh, rubs off on the guys and, and brings energy. And so that's that's just who I am as a player. So it sounded like when you were talking about how much longer you'll do it, it I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounded like you you want to play. Because at this point, and you know how it goes, you played so well that you could probably be a backup you know, for, I don't know, two, three, four, five more years. I don't know, maybe as long as Brady, who knows, the way you've played recently. Is that something you'd be interested in after, you know, people don't want you as a starter anymore? Or if you're not considered a starter, would that be it for you, do you think? Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, if I'm not if I'm not out there playing, if I'm not considered a starter, if they're not going to give me an opportunity to compete, then that's the point where I'll probably hang them up. Uh, just – Again, I do this because I love being out there and I love playing. So when that opportunity uh, no longer exists, then that, that'll probably be the, the day that I decide to hang them up. Last one. Um, I have to ask you this because I've had about – when I tweeted that you were coming on last night, uh, a bunch of Dolphins fans wanted me to ask. I'm sure you already have a stock answer to it, but they want to know what you really think about Tua – and his chances in Miami after you spend a year with him? Well, I, I will say, you know, Tua, it's amazing how much uh, criticism and different things have been thrown his way. Uh, it's it's very difficult to play quarterback in the NFL. And I think we keep forgetting, uh, you know, I'm a fan too, so we keep forgetting as fans that fact. It's very difficult and the guy was a rookie last year and came in and went six and three or whatever he did. The, the two things that really stick out to me about Tua is I think he has elite accuracy and that's very important. And I think he's going to learn, you know, from last year, he's going to learn through this off season. He's got some continuity with George Godsey and Eric Studesville as coordinators now. Uh, you know, where to go with the ball, how to eliminate things pre-snap to really be able to unleash that elite accuracy. And then he throws with anticipation. And and that's something that's difficult that you don't see a lot with quarterbacks coming from college to the NFL. So I'm a huge Tua fan. Uh, My kids love Tua. Sometimes they play with him on Madden. Sometimes they play with me. Uh, But I'm looking forward for big things for him. I I think think he's going to do great. And just in terms of being a leader on a team and a guy that people can follow, he has all those qualities. So I think we just need to have a little bit of patience. He was a rookie last year, and I think he's going to do great things. All right, man, that was awesome. Really appreciate it. I don't want to slow you up. It sounds like you got a busy, busy morning, which is great because I know in the fall you can't really do it. So enjoy every second of it. Really appreciate you coming on the show. All right. Thanks, Ross. And I, I'm going to go cook some breakfast corn dogs right now. Have you ever had a breakfast corn dog before? No, that sounds gross. What is that? Oh, it's incredible. It's it's essentially it's sausage on a stick wrapped in pancake. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. I, I was I've had, say my, I yeah, had that. I didn't know they were called a breakfast corn dog, but yeah. I've had the uh, the pancake around the sausage. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a big deal, and I think you can only get them at Target, and, you know, it's it's a huge trip for our family to be able to find the breakfast corn dogs in the frozen aisle. So. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, see ya.
There he is, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Off to cook breakfast corn dogs before he starts to get his seven kids to school. What a life, man. What an awesome, awesome guy. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. If you get a chance, please rate and review this show or any of the shows that we've got, even Money Podcast, Fantasy Feast Podcast. It means a great deal to us. And I, by the way, if you send me the screenshots of rating and reviewing the show to Ross at RossTucker.com, you will be eligible to be on the next Football Feedback, which is our YouTube exclusive show, YouTube.com slash NFL. Hey, Ross, so we've got a lot of moves since Friday morning. Here is the latest. We'll start off with the Bengals. They signed Riley Reef to play right tackle, and they release Geno Atkins. Well, and I tweeted this Friday, I think, Brian, when it happened. Geno Atkins, and I know most people listening to a podcast like this are familiar with Geno Atkins, but casual fans, people like my high school buddies, they like football. They, they watch football, but they don't really know who Geno Atkins is. He is high on my list of awesome football players that – the casual fan just is not overly familiar with. Huge fan of Geno Atkins. And as for Riley Reef, what's interesting is that, you know, he made it clear he's going to be playing right tackle, I think probably because of Jonah Williams, but we'll see. There are some people that still think that the Bengals could draft Penny Sewell, in which case maybe they would move Jonah inside. So it'll be interesting to see what the Bengals do there, but they wanted to get a solid tackle, and Riley Reef is exactly that. The Broncos signed safety Justin Simmons to a long-term deal. Four years, $61 million, 35 of it in guarantees. Well, they feel like he is the best safety in pro football. They franchise tagged him back-to-back years. He is very good. He's good in the box. He's got excellent range. He's got great length, which I think really helps. And this just cements what the Broncos feel about him to franchise tag him twice, then give him that deal, make him the highest paid safety in NFL history. Juju Smith Schuster returns to Pittsburgh one year, $8 million. This was kind of surprising. You know, he evidently got offered more money by the Baltimore Ravens, but it was a one year deal. And I think Juju thought if I'm only going to sign a one year deal, I might as well go somewhere where I'm very familiar with the offense, the coaches, the quarterback, and I can have a really productive year to hit the market again. You know, if he goes to Baltimore, there's really no telling what his statistics would be and how much that would really help him to try to get the contract he desires a year from now. So I do understand the logic of coming back to Pittsburgh. I know it's been talked about a lot that he took less. And look, he did. He took a million less, maybe a couple million less. But I think this is a player that not only likes it in Pittsburgh, but I think he's seeing the big picture in terms of his best shot to really get a big-time contract next year. The other thing is, Brian, $8 million? I mean, the Patriots guaranteed Nelson Aguilar $16 million over two years, $11 million a year. And Aguilar had a good year. He's more explosive than Juju, I guess I'd say, but not a better player. Dolphins cut Isaiah Wilson after two official days on the team. 
Right, because the trade couldn't actually go through until the start of the new league year last Wednesday. Evidently, Wilson was late for his physical, did not show up for two uh, workouts that he had committed to, two voluntary workouts, and the Dolphins have already given up on him. He obviously is a young man that's got some stuff going on, unfortunately. Saints and the Vikings both lose draft picks for violations. New Orleans get ones for COVID, and the Vikings get hit from the salary cap. Right. I don't. I mean, I think we kind of knew about the Saints COVID stuff. The Vikings salary cap. I, I don't. I think they had a guy on pra- something with a guy on practice squad. I, don't, I didn't really get the details of that, but it's interesting. Bears signed cornerback Desmond Trufant after the Broncos signed Kyle Fuller. Probably not a great sign for the Bears that within hours after they officially release Kyle Fuller, he signs with the Broncos for whatever it was, $9.5 million. That's rough for the Bears. And Desmond Trufant's not as good of a player. It's kind of surprising. I know they had to find some money somewhere, but it's kind of surprising given the fact that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are believed to be on the hot seat, that you would move on from a player as good as Fuller. But with the cap going down, I just don't think they thought they could afford him. Seattle Seahawks re-signed a running back Chris Carson. Two years, $14.6 million. You know, usually when you're a running back like Carson and you get to free agency, usually you end up going somewhere else. You know, Miami Dolphins or some other team. You usually end up leaving. So it's kind of rare that he ended up coming back to Seattle. I guess Aaron Jones did the same thing. But Seattle highly values him. Pete Carroll loves him and didn't want to see him go somewhere else. We talked about Philip Lindsay leaving the Broncos. Well, he's heading to Houston. Texans signed him. And I didn't see the money he got. And I remain confused by the Broncos moving on from him. And even like some of these contracts, like Kenyon Drake to the Raiders with $11 million guaranteed, I don't know. I, I, let's see what Lindsey's signed for, because I might rather have him bring sort of a different explosive element to teams. The Eagles signed former Vikings safety Anthony Harris. That's a one-year deal. Like this move by the Eagles, because if Harris plays really well, they can maybe extend him and he's part of the long-term solution in Philadelphia for three or four years. Or maybe he just signs, maybe he has a good year, signs somewhere else, and the Eagles are in line for a compensatory pick. But they need some people to play safety. I mean, they're they're hurting at safety. So to get Andrew Adams and now Anthony Harris, I think makes sense for the Eagles. The Lions signed Kenny Galladay four years, $72 million, $40 million of it guaranteed. And that should say Giants, Bri, but I like when I sneak in a typo on you That's there. right. He was with the Lions. He left yeah, the Lions. See whether, or not, whether or not you notice. Yeah, that was, that was late at night. And if you can't tell, Bri, my back is killing me right now from softball practice for my daughters. It's a long story. I'm, I'm not good at having to bend over to pick up balls that often. Anyway, uh, so for Galladay, well, that's a lot of money. $40 million fully guaranteed. That is a lot of money for a guy. There were some concerns about his ability to separate. And, you know, I, I found out over the last couple of days, there were sort of some other concerns about how his last year went in Detroit. I don't know if I'd call them off-field concerns, but maybe professionalism 
concerns with Kenny Galladay, but I think the Giants are fully intent on trying to find out for sure what they have in a guy like Daniel Jones this year at quarterback. Galladay gives them more of a chance to do that. The Dallas Cowboys signed safety Keanu Neal. Well, he reunites with Dan Quinn, his former head coach in Atlanta. That's how it works a lot. Jets Inc. tackles Sheldon Rankins. You know, Joe Douglas knows how important O-line and D-line are, and I think he feels like maybe he's getting value with Rankins given the fact that, you know, he's a year removed now from that Achilles tear. And here's the other thing, too. The Saints have lost a lot of guys. People always say, oh, the Saints, they make it work with the salary cap. They've actually lost a, a, a decent amount of starters from last year. And last but not least, the Rams signed Deshaun Jackson. So cool for Deshaun Jackson that he is able to go back to where he grew up in L.A. And that's a pretty exciting offense. You know, Cup and Woods are more underneath guys. So to be able to throw it over the top, Stafford to Deshaun Jackson, could be awesome if Deshaun can stay healthy. That was really his issue the last couple years, unfortunately, in Philadelphia. Shout-outs, by the way, to some of our patrons, patreon.com slash rtmedia, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X. We will, today on the College Draft Podcast, go with the interior offensive line in the draft. If you like the big boys and you want to know where they might be going, who the best interior offensive linemen are, Brandon Thorne, who's an awesome O-line guy, will join myself and Emery on the College Draft Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and listen to that or watch it on YouTube. And then we've got tomorrow, the Even Money Podcast, with which teams have made the biggest moves in free agency thus far. What does it mean for their Super Bowl futures, season win totals? Wednesday, we'll recap free agency thus far from a fantasy football standpoint on the Fantasy Feast podcast and have an awesome guest on the Ross Tucker football podcast. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker football podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 